On this week's episode of TNA Talk Sex, we chat with A's dear friend Richard, who, in the midst of a divorce, shares what he's learned the hard way are the most important elements of a successful relationship, plus how he cured his own erectile dysfunction. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm A. Hello, everybody. We are on episode 143 of TNA Talk Sex, where sex isn't ever just about sex. As you may remember, T is away for a few weeks with her family in Eastern Europe, gallivanting around for the summer, which is wonderful, which means I'm taking over for a bit. Before we jump into this week's conversation, I wanted to give a shout out to our latest patrons, uh, Sefi, MRC, and SysYN. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. T and I are very, very grateful for you guys. And uh, for those of you out there, we have launched our Patreon page. Uh, You can go to patreon.com slash TATalkSex to check it out. And we're super excited because uh, Patreon is a great place for you to support your favorite artists and content creators, um, which is something we really support. Um, The coolest thing about it is that you actually get access to uh, content that we specifically make only for our patrons. So if you go there, you can check out the rewards. And uh, Christina and I are having a lot of fun building more content for you guys like bonus episodes with uh, super interesting interviewees and behind the scenes footage and uh, T is going to be giving you guys an episodic erotic reading with her uh, famously sexy voice so lots of fun stuff there so again you can go to patreon.com slash TATalkSex to check that out this episode is kicking off a mini-series that I'll be doing around marriage. Ever curious about partnership dynamics, I thought I'd take the opportunity to talk with those in my innermost circle on their experiences in marriage so far, those of my friends who are married. Uh, So tune in to the next few episodes as my friends graciously open their hearts to answer questions like, how important is sexual compatibility to a marriage? What makes you feel most connected? What makes you feel most distant? And many, many more. This week, we actually start at the end of a road to kick it all off with my good friend Richard, who is a stunningly talented visual artist in the midst of divorce. In this honest conversation we had in Richard's home, he shares the hard-learned lessons marriage and divorce have given him that he hopes may shed some light on all our lives. I hope you enjoy, and as always, if you have any questions or comments, uh, you can always write us at advice at tatalksex.com. So, I'm here with my very dear friend, Richard, who is 49 and has been married for how many years? A little less than 20 years. A little less than 20 years and is about to get divorced. Yes. And I, um, this is really interesting because I'm going to, this is kicking off a whole series that I'm going to be doing about, since you guys know that I'm gypsying around LA at the moment and everyone that I'm staying with is uh, married or coupled. So I'm going to be doing a, an interview with all these people, <laughs> asking them the same questions. So getting sort of a sampling of their experience with marriage. Um, so I think it's really 
I'm excited to be starting this off with you and and you giving us perspective because you're in a completely different place than everyone else that I'm going to be talking to. Um, so I just want to paint the scene for a second because we're in Richard's beautiful, beautiful, cozy home. There's candles lit everywhere and we're sipping on the most wonderful summer white wine and munching on watermelon. And I have to move out. <laughs> so this is kind of like the last hurrah. Yay, divorce! <laughs> I do. It's heartbreaking. Oh, I know, but it's okay. Well, we're celebrating your divorce. Absolutely. So, okay. So what? So we so we were having a conversation before we actually hit record, and we were like, wait, 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 let's stop and hit record. Um. So what? Let's see. What do I want to ask you? Like. What, what, what words of wisdom do you have or where, where you, where you sit right now in, in your life and, and in relationship, what are the things that pop out most that, hmm, require attention? Um, well, a lot of it has to do with just letting go of a lot of the mistakes that we've made in the past, right? Hmm. Because we don't have a time machine. And anybody who's been in a relationship for a long time is going to have regrets about the way things happened. And we all want to blame the other person in our relationship for the failure, but that's not the case. It's a 50-50 partnership. When it's going great, it's 50-50. When it sucks, it's 50-50. So the tendency of anyone who's having trouble in the relationship is to go, she's a bitch or he's an asshole. But really there's a lot of honesty that you have to have with yourself in these situations where yes, the other person is a bitch and the asshole, but (laughs) we contribute a lot to that phenomenon by our own indiscretions and our own oversights about the other person's feelings. Um, And so, you know, I've spent a lot of time over the last year kind of acknowledging my role in the demise of this relationship. And it's hard to reconcile with because we're not perfect. (laughs) And the other person isn't perfect either. And so you kind of have to manage the past a little bit when you're moving towards the future. And forgive them and yourself for all the things that you fucked up. That's yeah. heavy. It is. But responsible. I think it's a responsible thing to do. I think a lot of people, in fact, we were talking about this right before we came on air, about honesty with yourself. And we were talking about how I feel like, well, I was about to get to the point that I feel like a lot of the clients that I saw, they don't they don't see, like, I. they're so often, it's like, so often that I have to point out to them, well, your, you know, your wife is on the other side here and she has a voice and there's things going on here. And, and, um, like they come from this place that they are doing everything perfectly. And I'm like, no, there's no way, like, there's no way that this problem can be existing if you're doing everything perfectly. Like they're, it's like they're incapable of either seeing or acknowledging that they had anything to do with anything. So I commend you. (laughs) I read this thing recently that says the grass is greener, water your own lawn. Mm. 
right? Uh, so, yeah. you know, by virtue of the fact that we're showing up to a provider mm-hmm. means that, you know, we're not really honoring the relationship in a full way. Because if let's 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 get hypothetical. Okay. Babe, I'm unhappy with our sex life, so I'm gonna go get jerked off by this massage girl. I'll see you in an hour. No, don't go, I'll I'll do it. Right? That would be the appropriate response from your spouse. Or like if you know, we need to work on this, can we come to some sort of consensus about where our sex life's at and fix it. That's an honest approach to maybe something that's a problem. Whereas most people just go, fuck, that bitch hasn't put out in six months. I'm going to go call Sophie and she's going to be awesome. Right. And then you come home and you're just like, Oh fuck, what did I just do? You know, I spent money we don't have with another woman and now she can feel it. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you a story that's going to make you laugh. Oh, and God. You'll okay. Appreciate. All right. So I worked with somebody who's a dear, dear friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And we were on a film shoot recently. And he's happily married with three kids. And he flew, his girlfriend flew out from New York to see him at okay. our location. She spent the night and they had, you know, their way with each other for a few days and then she flew back and he went home and about three or four days after he got home he, his wife came up to him and said are you keeping something from me and he's like what do you mean dirt you know and she goes i could just feel that you're a little distant when you get home from this trip and so let's acknowledge people out there that what we do is not a secret it reverberates through the universe and people know. For example, my lovely spouse, who is awesome, and I didn't sleep together for a long time. And when we finally did, when we were trying to repair our relationship, I knew right away that something was off. So I went through her computer when I had an opportune moment after she asked me to fix it and found a massive amount of photographic evidence about an affair. So it's all, yeah, it's all right there. So that's what I'm talking about being honest with yourself because whenever we do something, it's written in the stone of time for everyone to see. But do you think being honest about it, because you have, like, everyone has needs, you know? Do you think being mm-hmm. honest about um, these kinds of desires and whatnot would, do you, I mean, do you think it would open up lines of communication? Do you think it would benefit, or do you think it would just cause hell and, and chaos and fighting? and? That hell and chaos is going to come anyway. Yeah. As a result of all this stuff. So... I mean, what in an ideal world, what would happen is the partners would present each other with uh, a problem. Hey, this isn't really going well. This is a remedy that we can try. And, 
Yeah, I think most often people do that. And when it doesn't happen, that's when shit starts going wrong. I know that in my personal case, there was drug and alcohol issues that I addressed up front for years and said, hey, if this doesn't start to shift, then it's going to be a problem. You know, it is a, it's a problem right now. Hmm. So let's, let's take the necessary steps to correct it and, you know, get back on track. And when that doesn't happen, that's when people start looking outside of the relationship for relief. Can I ask you, and if this is too personal, you can tell me to fuck off. But <laughs> I would never tell you to fuck off. By the way, may I say something about our host here? Our host is an intelligent, clear-thinking, beautiful, evolved, very, very motivated and ambitious woman who I have a lot of respect for. So Aww. I feel honored to be You're making me blush. Here. No, it's true. <laughs> Thank it's true. you. You know that I feel that way. Thank you. you. We've known each other for about a year and a half. And oh, yeah. it's been an instant It was connection. instant kismet. Yeah, it was. It was instant kismet. Okay. You were trying to distract me from my question. That's what it is. No, I knew you'd remember. <laughs> okay, so my question oh yes, my question is do you feel that where you guys are now is because you is a result of not really being honest with yourself over a series of years. Yes. Hmm. I knew that shit was fucked up when we met. I knew it was wrong. I knew that this person was not the right person for me because even back then she was an addict and I knew. However, she's very beautiful, very intelligent, very charming, very charismatic. But there was this volatility and predisposition to kind of fly off the handle and react in extreme ways to situations when there was any kind of, you know, substance involved. And I was just like, ooh, this is, this is wrong. I knew it, and yet I went ahead anyway, and I wasn't listening to my inner voice that was going, no! (laughs) Don't do it! (laughs) Can I tell you guys that my mom told me this this story? So my mom's first marriage was like this, like, horrible, really, like, abusive, awful, like, really bad relationship, and um, she married... She married when she was 18 just to get the fuck out, you know, of, of like, nowhere Illinois. So she would tell me the story, you know, of, of, like, how she was about to be walking down the aisle. And she was staying there with her father, who she was completely rebelling against. And, uh, and you know, he's like, he's like, Beverly, you don't have to do this. You don't have to marry him. No. Yeah. And my mom, stubborn mule that she was, she just looked at him and she said, she said inside, not even deep down, clearly inside of herself, she was terrified and she didn't, there was not one ounce of her being that wanted to walk down that aisle, but she did just to say F you to her dad. I mean, I guess you reap what you sow. So let's, let's carry that thought on because that relates to my situation. I'm the third husband of my wife who has done 
similar things, run off and got married mm-hmm. to spite her parents and, you know, to find refuge in some sort of relationship that she's seeking to cover up pain. Mm. You know, I think people... I, th- I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people enter relationships to cover up pain. Yeah. And this and is also tied with not being honest with yourself. Exactly. And I knew that when I was entering this relationship, I knew that it was something she was doing to cover up pain, and I ignored those signs. This marriage thing that we've subscribed to ourselves in the modern world is bullshit. It's a broken ritual that has no place in the pantheon of human beings' emotions, right? This singular... What about marriage in particular? That one person can be everything for everyone, you know? That's impossible. And we were talking about Esther Perel earlier about her theories on how when people put all of their eggs in one basket, that basket's going to break, right? If I'm looking at you, Stephanie, and I say, I need you to be my business partner, my parent partner, my lover, my emotional support my sex goddess and my cook. <laughs> no. Yeah. You can probably be two of those things. And then all the other things that we need from our people. Right. Can you be? No, no. Okay. Let me ask you a question. So moving forward, the next woman you have in your life, or who's a serious, like a more serious woman, what two things would you want her to be? Honest. Like what's two roles? Well, okay. The like two, the sex the, goddess and... <laughs> the two that co- come to my head would be the emotional support and the sex goddess. That, that then means that like you might have to be okay with some indiscretion. Like look, so maybe, maybe you're the emotional support and the sex goddess, but if she needs to go off and get fucked by somebody else, you have to be okay with that. Oh, the guy has to, you have to be okay. Yeah. But what would you be, but that's what she's giving you. If you're giving her the top things that she needs, maybe she doesn't. Right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Richard's going to talk about how he cured his own erectile dysfunction and how you can avoid and certainly shouldn't be taking any sorts of pills. Um, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash TATalkSex to uh, sign up to become a patron. And that way you have access to exclusive content that we are making just for you guys there. Again, that's patreon.com slash TA Talk Sex. And please do join the conversation on social media. Uh, You can find us on Instagram most because we like it there. We like the visual. And you can find us there at TA Talk Sex. We'll be right back. And we're back with TNA Talk Sex. I'm A, and we are back in the conversation with my dear friend Richard, where he is sharing his insights on everything he's learned the hard way through marriage by facing his divorce. And we are jumping in on the conversation where he is talking about the importance that uh, each of their parents has played 
uh, in the creation of their own relationship dynamics. I appreciate that this stuff's happening in the moment. However, a lot of what is going on between us as husband and wife has to do with our childhoods and how we were treated by our parents and whether or not we experienced abuse from them and what the repercussions of that abuse are. For example, a lot of women have been abused by their parents, fathers, mothers, and don't trust the whole communication process between them and male authority figures because their dads were assholes and abused them and tried to molest them or whatnot. And, you know, they turn to drugs and alcohol to dull that pain and fucking thinking becomes skewed. And when they get in relationship with their husband, they're not open to talking about these things. That's a huge problem in the world father-daughter relationships. But honestly, I I will say that mother-son relationships are as well. Exactly. So all you parents out there, be kind to your children and don't try to take out your shit on them. But here's the thing. Even if you are being kind and not taking your shit out on them, it's inevitable because it is human evolution that your kids will have issues directly from the parents. It's it's how we evolve the bloodline. exactly. So... First of all, I know you're a parent. Don't feel bad about that. But also, I, I think more than, yes, talk to the parents, but also as an individual, all of us who have parents, <laughs> um, it's our responsibility to look at the patterns that our parents set in us or that we've adopted from them and endeavor to uh, become aware of them, identify them, and move through them and not let them rule our lives. The caveat being that If we're going to go down that road, it requires a tremendous amount of work and going back to the original theme that we were talking about, honesty with yourself. For sure. And I didn't say it was a fun path. (laughs) No, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of like, oh my God, that happened and I need to address that and not sweep it under the rug so it manifests in some alternative psychosis that I have as an adult. Well, I think this is why they say that relationships are so hard because I really do see them as a, uh, I mean, you hear this all the time, but as a, as a mirror or reflection. And I feel like the only reason, maybe not the only, the main reason (laughs) we are in relationship with one another is to evolve ourselves and to grow tremendously which means there's going to be a lot of discomfort. And I think that, yes, the more honest we are with ourselves and the more, like, relationships are built for us to face our shit. So if we're not facing our shit, there's not going to be a relationship. Thank you. I agree. (laughs) That's why I'm getting divorced. My (laughs) fucking spouse refuses to face her shit. I went to her and said, yes, I did this, this, and this, and I'm fucked up and I'm willing to... Do this, this, and this to rectify it? No. She's not willing to go down that road. Which leads me to the other thing I wanted to talk about. Yes. Yeah. This is all directly related to erectile dysfunction. <laughs> it is. 
Remember? How? We were talking. Okay. Yes, but how is I'm going to tell you how. Okay, explain. So when you see a Cialis or Viagra commercial, right? Okay, yeah. And it's like some guy who can't get a heart on. Yeah. Right? Do you okay. know why? Because he's not connected to his partner. Right? Well, for sure. I right. mean, that's what I would have said. Thank you. Okay, but wait. So it's you're saying it's it's emotional connection to his partner. That. What about himself? Yes. And there's another thing that men have to take responsibility for their own boners. And they cannot rely on some pill to get them hard. Okay. So here's how you take your responsibility for your own boners, gentlemen out there. Do your kegels, right? Exercise your muscle that is directly related to the blood flow to your penis because that's what it's all about. It's not about the fact that you can't get it up. It's about the fact that you've ignored your little muscles that make your dick get hard. Like, <laughs> if you want to do curls, you have to do curls. If you want to get a hard-on to fuck your woman, do your kegels when you're driving. Three <laughs> times 20. Here's how it goes. Hold the muscles that are connected to holding your pee for five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Rest. Do that 20 times. It will build up the muscle that you need to get a heart on. That's how you be honest with yourself. Do your fucking exercises. Don't take a pill. Amen. But I, I'm glad you bring this up because we talk about kegels. <laughs> kegels <laughs> for women mostly. <laughs> Same thing. No, but well. Right. Yeah, but, but we don't ever talk about kegels for men. Ever. It's why you can't get it hard because you're fucking little muscles that are around your dick because you haven't been having yeah. sex no it's just because as you get older and ed is is something that happens to guys in their late 40s early 50s 60s right you haven't you've neglected that you know you've by neglected, not doing the exercise yeah and have. sex is not enough you're saying no, sex is not enough honestly exercise. like when you're in your 20s and 30s you're getting laid all the time when you're in your 40s and 50s you might go a month or two, and this is what all my male friends say, without fucking. And yeah, maybe you're jerking off, whatever, but you're lazy. Get, work that muscle. Go to the gym for your dick. Okay, so what about the emotional connection part? Because that, I've always thought that it's absolutely emotional that too, and spiritual connection. Because you have to work on that connection with your partner and go, here's what we need to do. To get each other off, you know, don't assume that they know or whatever, you know, have a communication about it. I'm going to tell you a story. So I was with a young man who, um, this was, I, I honestly, it was so, I loved this so much that he was, look, he's, he, he's younger than me, seven years younger than me. Okay. Could not. Like, he would lose his erection if there was any ounce of grayness or darkness between us. If there was any ounce of emotional disconnection between us, he couldn't get a heart on. I've been the same way. Which I think was so beautiful. I'm like, oh, praise God. You're a sensitive man whose penis is in touch with his heart and soul. I've been the same way. I can totally imagine you being Mm -hmm. the same way. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're... Yeah, it's directly which, which is Which is beautiful, actually, because it forces you to then talk about whatever's going on. And we had to have a real heart-to-heart conversation about 
how I had, you know, put some block emotional blocks up because I was, you know, afraid of getting hurt and da da da. And it opened, it really, really opened things up, you know. So, um, so I, I do think that, I mean, in my experience, anyway, it's been really linked to emotional. Some pretty deep emotional. It can stuff. be emotional, but it can also be if you're feeling free with somebody. I had sex with somebody recently that I trusted and felt comfortable with. And I said, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And she was like, absolutely. And I was just the fucking spring chicken, man. I was like, wank. <laughs> and she got it. There you go. Like, you, you get me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it could be because the person, does, like, I didn't get him? No. There wasn't any blocks. It was, uh, I knew that it was a free thing. There in terms of sexually what you wanted. Yes. And there was no emotion. We weren't ever going to be in a long-term relationship. We both knew it. This was a casual fling. We were both game. There was fun involved. And, yeah, I had no issues. Yeah. Whereas other times where I've been in emotional relationships with Mm -hmm. people who will remain nameless, where there was expectation about relationships and communications, and I couldn't get a hard-on to save my life. It was awful. Hmm. And I wasn't available. Well, there you go. Right. Because, because you were I was married. still married. Right. Well, there, I mean, yeah. it's just a physical manifestation exactly. of your and unavailability. And that was the worst experience ever. Which is why I thought, oh, maybe I need an ED pill. No, you don't. It has to do with circumstances, your physical fitness, and your availability. And your communication. What else? What's next? I think that what's next is operating from a place of kindness and love and selflessness, which is really hard for most men to get to. Most men are super narcissistic and self-serving because we're taught when we're growing up, just get to go get fucked, fucking laid. And it's all because of things like, you know, Playboy and Sports Illustrated and Can I clarify? So you mean that it's all revolves around you as a man? Yeah, right. Like, here's, it's a conditioning that we go through. A conditioning that the world exists just to serve Yeah, it's you? business. Well, no, it's, it's this idea that men are supposed to be these conquerors of women. You know, we're supposed to fuck bitches and <laughs> like, oh, look at her ass and her tits. You know, like, it's conditioning through porn and Sports Illustrated magazine and Playboy and Hustler and all these things that we subscribe to willingly or that are, you know, forced upon us by the mainstream media that women are objectified. They're for, you know, us to fuck. And if we're not getting laid or, you know, fucking hot bitches, we're somehow diminished as men. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that the Western world has gotten wrong. 
And what do you think is right? If we strip it back to, and I always go back to tribal society, always, because that was a pure existence. If you look at African tribes or American Indians, the sexual relations of those cultures were way more equitable than and functional that they are, than they are now. And like I, I don't really know the history of Native American sexual relationships, but like, like, and what, what it was a survival mean? thing. You know, there was an objectification of women. There was a uh, an honoring of them because in, they brought children in. Exactly, world. and it was a maternal honoring mm-hmm. rather than a bikini babe. Rather than like a way for orgasm. Exactly. So. Given that you're at the end of a marriage, how do you feel about marriage? I would love to be married again if it was with with somebody that I felt we could enhance each other's lives and promote each other's desires, you know? What do you think is the purpose or, or what are the benefits of marriage? I think it goes back to what you said earlier about relationships being there to help us evolve ourselves. I think that is the main thing. You know, if you find somebody who can help you evolve, even if it fails, then it's a successful relationship. Well, then you've had a successful relationship. Yes, for sure. I was immature when I got married. I don't think I'm immature anymore. Hmm. I don't. I'm, and it's, been hard, hard one maturity because it's painful as hell. That's the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I, I think that this experience has matured me in many, many ways that I didn't even realize yet. So, yeah, I think that's, you hit the nail on the head when you said relationships are, are here for us to evolve hmm. more as spiritual and, um, beings that are cognizant of other people's feelings, like for all of us divorced people out there and people who are in failed relationships, I think that the compassion for the other person is something we should acknowledge and their feelings. And if we're not doing that and we're looking only at ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for failure in the future, in future relationships. You know, we have to, be honest with ourselves. <laughs> That's the theme. It is. We do. I think it all stems from there. If we can't, if we don't cultivate the ability to see, actually see, then what are you doing with your life? There's you know? a tremendous amount of loneliness that goes into all of this relationship shit, though. You In know? Because there's just like times like we were talking about earlier where you're just alone. Well, yeah, but I also differentiated. There's the alone where, like, I think alone, quote unquote, for me is an illusion. 
And when I really, really feel like alone, it's because I am looking at dark shit in myself and I don't want to. <laughs> and that's when I really want to reach out for someone to distract me from actually feeling and seeing what I need to see, to be honest with myself. Vision, like I said. So for me, that's when like I, I would feel like a typical loneliness, which which I, I don't feel very often because I, I, I face shit, you know. But um, is that the loneliness you're talking about? <laughs> There's also just the loneliness of companionship and just wanting that's, to share beautiful things with someone. Yeah, that's more what I'm talking about. It's just those times where we just spend, you know, a year alone in bed or, you know, a year alone, even though we're with Someone. other people, you know, we're just not connecting. And even a weekend or a day or two with somebody else can relieve a tremendous amount of that, you know, um, which, which we have to be careful about because sometimes we can idealize and put people on a pedestal that right. might not be really there for us. And vice versa. Sure. Yeah. Um, under the guise of like, you know, the panacea for loneliness. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I feel like human beings are cursed with this cognition of our own need for connection that other animals aren't. And it's just like something that we grapple with our entire lives. And then you throw the institution of marriage on top of that, which was invented by the church. And then you Well, <laughs> yeah. You, okay, I'll answer this question now because you asked me earlier what I thought about marriage. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm still discovering this for myself at the moment. And this could change at any point in time. <laughs> at the moment, I'm very aware that marriage, as we know it in Western culture, is is a very institutionalized, you know, religious thing. And, and I'm not a dogmatic person, so that doesn't really fly with me. However, I also recognize that there is this mythological story that um, exists within this the one uh, story that we all long for and, and hope for. And whenever anything boils down to myth, I pay attention and it, and it grabs me. Because I feel like so far in my studies of human nature, myth points to something, some kind of truth or, or, or something um, that is actually very spiritual. And, and so it is very esoteric kind of where I'm going with all of this. But I do think that the idea and this draw that we all have toward finding our beloved is very real. Absolutely. Will we find it in this life or in the next, if there is a next, or will we find it ever or in the universe? Um, I think so. I just don't know if it's going to show up the way we think it's going to show up. But I don't know. I, th I think that longing is like a... I don't know. I, I, I almost see it as like a tether that keeps you keeps pulling you toward some place or somewhere some or some state of being that is 
in the end, uh, a better place for us, whether it is union with God, uh, uh, union with another, like union with another atom, like a covalent bond. I mean, there's so many different levels. Is this the most heady podcast you've ever done? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> so intellectualized. This is what happens when Richard and I get together. <laughs> Does anyone want to listen to this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to let me work on your back later? Yes, please. Yes. Thank you. I'm a giver. <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> I'm going to get a back massage. Yes. This podcast is over. <laughs> Richard, thank you for being with us. All right, that wraps it up. Thanks for listening, guys. And again, uh, do check out the Patreon page, the TA Talk Sex Patreon page at patreon.com slash TA Talk Sex so that you can get in on all the bonus content that you get uh, by becoming a patron of your favorite show. Also, uh, join the conversation on social media at TA Talk Sex. We love Instagram. Thanks for listening to TA Talk Sex. I'm A. See you next week.